my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert just Let's floating go. around producing this thing we're from the draft network we're here because we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and needs they've got it all major league baseball football's futures golf tennis whatever you want to wager on they have it in-game betting that's super cool i did some of that uh, with you, Chris, actually, my uh, baseball game, right? I was uh, some runs. Yeah, so we did that. I did it for a major league soccer game as well. You can have a lot of fun over there. Check it out. Super easy to use website that's available for you on your desktop or your mobile device. And we also have a deal for you. Sign up today. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online where the game starts Got happy National Rum Day and National Roller Coaster Day to you. Roller Coaster Day. Love roller coasters. When's the last time you were on a roller coaster? Uh, it was just before we found out my wife was pregnant because we bought season passes to the local Carowinds here where they have great roller coasters. It's probably the last time you went on a roller coaster, huh? Yeah, and then, you know, uh, pregnant women not supposed to be on roller coasters, and so that was a really good investment in those season passes where well, that was our plan for the summer, right? That's what we were going to do. And, uh, you know, Rebecca Jean was worth it. So I guess it turns out uh, Rebecca Jean probably got a little sneak peek with the roller coaster. And then also uh, she was out partying at, at our wedding, right? Like she she was. She, she got a, a early taste in life on some things that she won't <laughs> taste again for quite some time. huh? She did roller coasters and, and the uh, the crabs wedding. Yeah, she she had a good time there. Um, didn't know, didn't know, but she's good and healthy and happy. <laughs> so. <laughs> so today on the show, we are going to be talking about offensive today. Correct, Chris? Come on in here. Uh, that is correct, correct, gentlemen. And this is an offensive focused show today, where we are looking at offensive players who. You need to keep an eye out for as risers, and the way that that we are hoping to achieve this is looking at guys who. Now we went through the TDN 100 watch list, um, and we talked about tier three and tier four type players, players in that range, players perhaps lower than that, who really have a chance to change the narrative around who they are as players this year. And we'll talk about uh, obviously skill players and offensive linemen. And I'm looking forward to getting to offensive linemen to hear from Joe Marino because uh, 
Uh, I think there's some interesting talking points there where a wise man I heard once said the fastest way uh, for a player to get cut in the NFL is to only play one position. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Coach Cromer. Yeah. Can't be a one hole backup, right? Not, not part of a, not part of a thing. Well, so don't, don't sell yourself short here. I mean, shout out to Brooke. Uh, yeah. You and Brooke and Sam from TDN went to Bill's camp last week, and you had a sit-down interview with Coach Cromer and talked offensive line philosophy. Let's let's not gloss over that mm. in the midst of this reference here. It's a very, very cool opportunity that you had, and we saw the first bits of fruit of that mm-hmm. over on the Draft Network's Instagram account. Well, Coach Cromer talks about position flexibility on the offensive line in ways that I've never heard it before. Um, you hear so much about having guys settle into a spot, learn the nuances, get the muscle memory down, and become the best player at that spot. Coach Cromer says that's all mental, right? It's all mental. You can play the right side. You can play the left side. You can play guard. You can play tackle. You just have to believe that you can. And and, and the way that he explained it was so fascinating because I bought into this because you heard all this stuff, right? Like if you play left tackle and all of a sudden you got to play right tackle, it's like wiping your ass but using – the other hand than you typically do, right? That's wow. a good Chris way to kind of explicit. Yeah, put it, explicit put it on there, Chris. Podcast today. Put it on. We're, we're guys being dudes. We're talking ball. This is the stuff that comes up. Football guys. But he, I'm, he, I'm like, coach. Well, what do you say about that? He goes, he goes. Okay, Joe. You're a guard. You're a right guard, and we're running outside zone, and you're going to block the guy right. Got it. Okay, cool. You're a right guard, and now we're going to run outside zone to the left, and now you're going to block left. You're going both directions. Oh, you're a tackle and you got a pass set. Well, the guy can beat you inside or outside, and so you have to be able to play left and right. You have to be able to redirect in both directions. He says it's all mental. You have to believe that you can do it and not sit there and and get caught up in thinking that it's this completely different planet. And so he believes in cross training guys. And he he, you know, we've had a few conversations and and um, he t- he told me he was going to do some of this stuff. And then he did it, and he's like, yeah, and you said I should, you know, you you thought it would be crazy if I played that player there. And here he is, you know, a week into camp or two weeks into camp. First thing he says out of his mouth is, yeah, you, you didn't think I was going to do that, did you? And, uh, you know, <laughs> coach, uh, coach, coach had the receipts. He was ready to dunk. We had a great conversation. And, man, uh, the first bit of that came out on the Instagram, right, the TDN Instagram reel, yep. so check it out. Yep. So, so let's start with offensive players or offensive line players. You know, let, let's talk about you – me, Keith, Damian, Brentley, we've all covered ground across the country and we put guys into to relative buckets and you guys know the Skaronskis and Jalen Duncans and Paris Johnsons of the world as guys who are going in the first round of mock drafts. But, but when you look beyond that group, Joe, who are some names specifically that you've had a chance to either watch regionally or in cross checks to this point? We have about a week left of cross checks. Uh, that that really grab your attention as players who have the potential to rise due to versatility or other reasons. Yeah, the name that immediately comes to mind is Carter Warren, offensive tackle from Pittsburgh. He's you know six five, probably three twenty, thirty five plus inch arms. Really, uh, a ton of experience playing left tackle there for Pitt, and what I think is a good scheme for projecting guys to the next level based on the style of offense that they run and. I just think he's really coordinated. I think he's got firm hands. He's balanced. He understands angles. You don't see him out of control. You don't see leverage issues. You see him willing to sit on his hips and create displacement. Like There's just a lot of control and consistency with how he plays. Now, I'm looking for him to show a little bit more nasty 
And and I, it's funny because I wrote the report on him, and I'm looking right here at my cons. I said his temperament temperament in the run game falls short of earning the Mauler label. I don't have any issues with his motor. I just wish he had more power and nasty to the ta- uh, that he brought to the table in the run game. And I had a chance to speak with him at ACC kickoff, um, and I said, "Hey, Carter, I mean, you, you've started. I, I mean, he's like a three year starter. And, and like you say what you want about the ACC, there's been good pass rushers that have been coming through there, and he's faced them all, and he fared well against them." You know, think about the Jermaine Johnsons and, and the you know the well, Miles and, Murphys. And he's probably practiced against a couple of them at Pittsburgh between some of those guys that came out the other yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're Pitts, and they've got a couple more guys this year. So he's, I just kind of felt like I was like, really, like what were some of your objectives this year? Because he had a Senior Bowl invite, and, and you know he was going, and then he, he decided to stay. He said, he said, I want to show that I'm a more physical run blocker. Hmm. You know, and that, <laughs> that's kind of a cool moment where it's like, well, you know what, man. Like we we were aligned there, and he was really honest about it. And so, I think the pass stuff is really like his pass pro is really really good, and you could tell he's powerful. It's just like show that you're show that you have that temperament, man. And and uh, I think you really have a tackle that can rise. And we've talked about this tackle class, and we need guys to rise. And I think Carter Warren's primed to do it. I an offensive tackle. I don't know that there's positional versatility here, but there is a complete and total ball of clay of raw physical skills that just leaps off the page at you. Do you know who I'm saying, who I'm going to go here? You know, Kyle, you love to give me like the largest possible sampling of, of options and then I got to pull it out. Good. I don't don't know. No, I don't. Cortland Ford, offensive tackle from USC, redshirt sophomore. And um, he is every bit, the the phrase in the report write up, this is a sky is the limit caliber athlete who offensive line coaches would likely love to get their hands on in hopes of molding his skills into a refined player. Variance of outcomes here is massive, but some of the high-level reps in anchoring and pass protection, utilizing length on the edge, and mobility in space are hard to overlook when assessing Ford's ability. Now, he's got a lot of technical stuff that he's got to put together, but this is a raw athlete on the edge, is amongst the best athletes at offensive tackle that I have watched this summer. He's a, Mm. a really, really impressive player but fundamentals come and go intermittently throughout the course of the game there's some reps where he really puts it together there's others where he oversets and somebody comes back across inside and his entire base breaks down and he can't really get hands on clean so I think that's that's the part of this where I'm really looking forward to seeing Cortland Ford a with another year after being a, a starting player but then b playing for Lincoln Riley in an offense that has the spread dynamics that they do, I think he can really grow. And he's the guy who's going to play next to Andrew Voorhees at left guard. And for physically, it's it's not a question of what he can and can't do. It's what can he learn and how fast can he learn it and how much can he retain. And that that's a player for me who really jumped off. I gave him a, a midday three grade. As of right now, he would get drafted based off his tools, but he'd probably be a late round draft selection. Uh, late five, six was kind of the bucket that I had had put him in just off a broad brush stroke. And uh, there's obviously a lot of game tape left to right. But he's the guy who, if if you ask me to go off the radar for a guy, and, and maybe that's not off the radar because it's USC's starting left tackle and he was like a four-star recruit. So maybe that doesn't count for going off the board. But as far as like names with expectations for the NFL draft, he was the first name that came to mind for me. So they got Voorhees at left guard and this dude at left tackle. Yes. Lincoln Riley, 
Caleb Williams, Mario Williams. We're gonna Travis do it. Die. Are we buying in or they're gonna are score we... some points this year? I can tell you All that. Right. They're All gonna right. score some points this year. All right. How about I? How about I bring a running back to the table? Is that cool? Sure. Can we do that? Why don't, why don't you? Why don't you do me a favor and bring a running back to the table, Joe? And I, I think this. You know, you're gonna feel some type of way about this guy, Mister Tavian Thomas, running back mm. from Utah. You like size and running backs? Well, how about six two two thirty eight and. I bet you this guy runs in the four fives. Really intriguing football player. Um, he is just a really physical, nuanced runner. I think he's got a really good understanding of spacing. Sees it well. Runs angry. Super competitive. Balanced. He's always square. And what's interesting about watching him play is, is you can really gain a, a lot of appreciation for the Utah offensive line and the amount of movement that they create up front. But I think it's how Thomas has shown the ability to take advantage of that, follow his blocks, run to daylight. And, and it's his savviness in the open field, like the instincts, like the, the cutbacks, the, the, he just has a feel, right? I know that's kind of a lame scouting term. He just has a great feel for navigating space and sees it well. And, you know, he runs physical like you want for a big back, and, and he'll be a big-time big, at, big time asset in short yardage and goal line. Um, and so as a complimentary back at the next level, there, there's a lot to like here. He's got some fumbling issues to clean up for sure. You want to see a little bit more production in the passing game. But, you know, I I can see – I can see if you liked Isaiah Spiller, this might be a little bit more explosive version of that from last year. A little bit more explosive version of Isaiah Spiller, you say. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds pretty darn good. You know what else sounds good, Joe? The Sonos. That's Ray. right. That's right. Flat. You know what flat should describe? Your TV screen, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with a new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. You can breeze through setup with the help of the Sonos app, and you can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, you can stream music, radio, draft dudes, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. So I'm going to be honest. Uh, the running backs that that I've watched either you probably know about or I didn't like particularly much. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I, We've, we've got the B. John Robinsons of the world, the Jameer Gibbs of the world, the Zach Evans of the world. Uh, you mentioned Tavion Thomas. But really, I mean, I'm looking at the running backs that we've done beyond that. A lot of guys with questions, whether it's Deuce Vaughn and his stature or Eric Gray and his production mm. or about Eric and Mo Ibrahim and his availability and, and durability issues that he has. If Mo Ibrahim wasn't like a seventh year player and had was coming off a, a lower body connective tissue injury, yeah. he'd probably be like a top five back in the class. Now that said, I think there are some guys with some physical skills that can jump up. Jalen Knighton being one of them from university of Miami is a particularly gifted player from an athleticism standpoint, maybe chase Brown from Illinois. Who's a, a burner. I believe he was on the Feldman's Freaks list along with his brother who plays safety at Illinois as two guys that are, are super speedy. And you see that with, with Chase Brown. But 
he's a speedy back that doesn't have a lot of stature and, and ability to run between the tackles isn't necessarily something that you would consider a strength. I also did mention Chris Rodriguez, but he has some some legal questions right now with with an incident off the field. So a lot of these names that you look at, they have a big question. Now, can they be answered? Sure. But uh, the, the running back group is not one where I look across the board and I see a lot of names that I get excited about that we didn't grade particularly high. Uh, I would shout out at the tight end position. I know we've his name has come up already, uh, but Theo Johnson from Penn State uh, is a player who has superb physical skills. And you see the flashes and he's remade his body. He's 6'6", 256 pounds is what he's listed out on the Penn State roster. Uh, he caught 19 passes for 213 yards and a touchdown last year. Uh, some of our friends over at TDN are going to be thrilled to hear this is another Canadian recruit. Uh, we have a couple <laughs> Canadians on the staff and they Every always time. go to pat and pound the table. Uh, his his brother is a two-sport athlete at the University of Buffalo. Uh, but you can look back to the high school tape that he had and just tell that physically he was on a different plane than the rest of the kids that he was playing with. And now he's at Penn state and he's reworked his body. And I really think he has a chance to really command a role in this passing offense. And if he does, he's got the kind of traits that you'll pick your jaw off the floor looking at. So uh, I, I would acknowledge Theo Johnson is the next like off the radar name. Um, who could be a big time riser because he's got big time physical skills. I have a tight end that I, I'd like to shout out, and that's Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. Um, explosive football player. And you know, he was behind Nick Muse. And you could say what you want about Nick Muse, but he was kind of their guy at tight end at South Carolina for a bit and still found decent amount of production despite kind of being the the wing, the complimentary piece and South Carolina played four different starting quarterbacks last year. You just look at him like this is the the move mismatch guy that you want. You can use him, you know, you can use him in so many different spots out of the backfield in the slot, uh, kind of as a detached player. But it's the size, the athleticism. He's a complete animal with the ball in his hands. So I, I just have such a great ap- appreciation for his ability to create explosive g- plays in the passing game. And, you know, I. Keith Sanchez recently did his cross check and he came in pretty similar to where I did. And he invoked the name Delaney Walker as kind of a um, stylistic comparison with just the way they play, their size, their athletic profiles. And I think that's really, really good. I mean, anytime you give tight ends the opportunity to serve as a kick returner, you know, you've got a pretty solid athlete there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what you see out of Jaheim. So, I'm excited to see him. They've got um, you know, Spencer Rattler now at quarterback. You got some transfer receivers and and uh, uh, the the tight end Stogner uh, from Oklahoma coming as well from from with Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. So you know I don't you know, South Carolina. It's been a minute since they've had some explosiveness in in their offense, but they've got some guys this year that can you know maybe uh, show us a a more dynamic South Carolina offense than we've seen in a long time. Jaheim Bell, that's the guy you got to be paying attention to. About wide receiver. Yep. Names excite you. Yes. I, I can't stop finding receivers that I like. Um, I'll, I'll give a name just that I think is we're, – we're not talking about the premier guys, right? Like the, the, the highly rated Correct. guys. Even though I, I graded this guy pretty high, but maybe people don't know him, and that's why I want to bring him up. Dontavian Wicks. 
wide receiver, Virginia. He is a big play waiting to happen. Now, I don't necessarily think he's a big play receiver just because he's fast. I think he has good speed. But it's the release package and his ability to stack corners and get on top of them and get down the field. And from there, it's just the ball skills take over. He can track and locate and carry speed to the football. And so, you know, I think he's going to be best on kind of a vertical plane. But I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dismiss his ability to do a little bit more just because Virginia hasn't asked him to. He gives you that that ability to win with route running down the field and ball skills and you know, I, everybody wants big play guys, and and this is a guy that I think can really give you that. He's really competitive, one of the best blocking receivers that I've watched so far for for this class. And you know, I know that the primary function of a receiver is not the block, but it's a nice little cherry on top, and it helps create offense for uh, your teammates. And there are teams that value that, and as you see the the uh, the Shanahan influence throughout the NFL continue to expand, blocking at receiver is going to continue to matter. And so I don't know. That's a nice little thing that he does. And, and Wicks is a guy that I'm excited to see. Uh, and now, you know, uh, the new coaching situation at Virginia. Now, uh, the Clemson offensive coordinator comes Tony over, Elliott. Tony Elliott. And, you know, we've seen a lot of receivers have success under Tony. And, and you know, Brendan Armstrong, super productive quarterback last year. You know, they got some other guys there with Keaton Thompson. Virginia, they got some guys there. Dentavian Wicks, the receiver. That's who you got to pay attention to. Joe, what would you do if I told you I had a receiver – uh, that had 87 catches for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns last year. It's an average of 16.1 yards per catch. And this isn't Jordan new. Addison. Not Jordan it Addison. It is not Jordan Addison. No. As a matter of fact, this this might not even be wide receiver one on his own team. And he had that. Well, he's a transfer. Oh. Coming in once again to Happy Valley. Mitchell Tinsley, wide receiver. Okay. Gave him a 4-5. Uh Transferred to Penn State from Western Kentucky. He was one of Bailey Zappi's targets mm. last year. 87 y- catches, 1,400 yards, 16.1 yards per catch, 14 touchdowns. Some of this dude's rack is really, really impressive. He's six foot one, 205 pounds. So between him and Parker Washington, Penn State has two pretty dense receivers who are big-time run-after-catch guys. And I think that's a really fun Layer And I think Tinsley is a huge add for Penn State when you consider um, Keandre Lambert-Smith was going to be the other wide receiver there opposite Parker Washington. I think Tinsley gives you a whole different dynamic of physicality that he can bring to the game. And uh, you go back and watch uh, the, the bowl game that they played in, and he had this astronomically good like rumble through the secondary against App State. They put up 60 points in that game and he had a big time performance and it really showcased physicality, that density that I talked about, some open field speed, contact balance. These are things you you typically associate with bigger bodies than 61205, but he wasn't doing this again. Now they did play Tennessee Martin last year, but he didn't do this against Tennessee Martin. He did this against App State, who's a pretty respectable uh, program as far as not being Power 5 programs across the country go. And uh, I think Tinsley really has the opportunity to make a splash because I think you will get a lot of volume in the passing game that you do still have an experienced quarterback back for another year. Sean Clifford has his warts. Uh, He's not a player that I would consider to be a a high-end caliber prospect for the NFL standards, but for a dual threat 
at the quarterback position, get these guys the ball and let them do the work for you, right? And and then you got a, a high point guy like Theo Johnson, who I already mentioned. So Penn State's got some ballers as well this year that I, I think their skill group can really stand out for a lot of good things. We'll talk a little tournament. Is it that time already? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Talk about the tournament, huh? Well, can can we very quickly make an announcement here on the show? Sure, Chris. Go I, for I, it. I mean, listen, I want to shout out Draft Dudes alum, probably future Draft Dudes Hall of Famer, Jordan Palmer. He's mm. the new XFL Director of Quarterback Development. So very happy for our guy Jordan, who's been on the show a couple of times, hanging out with you guys. Very excited about that. Happy for Jordan, but also happy for the XFL. I mean, wh- what more can you ask for as somebody that's going to help improve their product by giving them a, a renowned coach like Palmer to, to work with these guys. That's awesome. Thank you, Chris, for that breaking news. We will announcement. No problem. I have the bracket up. If you'd like me to go through it for you guys, I, I it's, you know, if, I was trying to filibuster so that you guys could get it up with that announcement, but I have it up if, if need be. So, yeah, I, I just want to set the stage because the first, Please. The uh, the first reply to the actual bracket is a Giants fan who doesn't understand the concept of what we're doing. So we have a bracket, and it's in four regions. And the four regions are broken positionally. So you have defensive line, you have skill players, you have offensive line, and then you have back seven players. Imagine Every not reading team the gets- tweet. I'm What's just, that? Just imagine not reading the tweet that says, let's start with the defensive line. Couldn't be me, you know? Well, yeah, there's some fine print here. Did Kayvon Thibodeau die? No, you don't know how to read. Sorry. Um, so every team gets one representative. Now, there's eight, eight in each region, which means eight times four is 32. That's how many NFL teams there are. Not a math guy, but I can handle that one. So we have the defensive line bracket that dropped yesterday. And spoiler alert, if Kayvon Thibodeau didn't get picked, it probably means your other first round pick in oh. Evan Neal might be your representative when we do offensive oh, line. But what? you had to we, we had to pick and choose to get the right representative to properly seed a so Kyle, bracket, which was the concept. Th- yes. All three Jets will be in the bracket, right? That's how this is gonna work. You know, Sauce, <laughs> yeah, Scare Wilson, Jermaine, they'll all get in there. They'll, they'll no. they're I don't see Jermaine Johnson on this list. I, you know, I'm just Okay, we've poked our fun at the Giants fans. By the way, I had a Patriots fan tweet at me yesterday and say, hey, I think I'm the last Patriots fan that listens to the show. Yes. So Who is he? I want to shout him out. I want to shout him uh, out. Let me find the tweet. Let me find the tweet. Josh, he tweeted at me last, shout out, uh, last Pats fan on the pod, question mark, and I think you are, Josh. Um, okay, pr- particulars out of the way. Can I reveal the bracket to talk about it? Yeah, so this is the defensive line region. Correct. The one, one through eight seeded matchups with polls on Twitter. So if you're listening to the podcast, go vote for who you think should advance in each one of these matchups. Uh, the, the one seed, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, edge from the Detroit Lions. Uh, the eight seed, edge for the San Francisco 49ers, Drake Jackson. This is Aiden. This right? is Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I voted Aiden. Yeah, yeah, I, I also voted Aiden. But hey, if you're a 49ers fan and you want your guy to, to knock off Aiden Hutchinson. It's all up to he, you, right? Uh, you better get it. <laughs> You better get moving because you're behind a lot. You better you better start days. you better start the movement here. Rally uh, the troops. Four seed Devontae Wyatt, interior defensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers against five seed edge Nick Benito for the Denver Broncos. So what's interesting about this is both of these guys have like some vets that can really threaten their reps between Wyatt with obviously that defensive line still has Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, and they brought in Jerron Reed. 
And then Nick Bonito, you know, quietly Baron Browning brand guy um, yes. is positioned to be an impact player. So I, I did vote Wyatt uh, just because I, I I do think he has a more immediately translatable skill set and they're, they're going to make him a big part of what they do in the front there. I went Wyatt too. But Bonito could have a lot of production this year for sure. A lot of opportunity mm-hmm. there in that mm-hmm. Broncos D. Yeah. Three seed Jordan Davis, interior defensive lineman for the Eagles, and defensive lineman six seed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Logan Hall. This is currently our most lopsided poll. Oh, I mean, because you vote for Jordan Davis and you can just move on with your day. Yes, I voted for Jordan Davis. I did too, just just because I don't want to make him mad. <laughs> Two seed Trayvon Walker, edge from Jacksonville, and seven seeded edge from the Cardinals, Cam Thomas. Trayvon Walker. Number Carter, one Cardinals one feels like it's open, though. Like, I know that the early returns for Cam Tavis haven't been great. If you wanted to swap Maje Sanders in there, fine. You wanted to swap Nick or uh, uh, Jesse Lucchetta in there, fine. Go for it. But, like, Walker is, is going to play, and as a result, I think his impact is much more easily translatable. Oh, I have a bit of a wee-woo. The bowl that was formerly known as the New Era Pinstripe Bowl is now the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Because, you know, they Yankee Stadium, New York City, they really mow lawns out there. Well, yeah, no, nothing, says, nothing says cutting grass like New York City, a Yankee Stadium the day before Christmas. Yep, there you that, go. That, that's good. That's great marketing. There you go. Really paints that picture. Hey, so we we have three more of these brackets that are coming out um, throughout the course of this week, uh, each one of them with fan polls for you guys to be engaged with. So definitely make sure you head over to the Draft Network on Twitter and check those out. Uh, we thank you guys for checking out Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Mernick, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.